Okay, with Thomas Gilchrist, Money Talks, The Limits of Financial Influence and Politics, 10-minute short film. I just want to talk about your age for a second because there's a follow-up question. So how old are you exactly? Uh, I'm 16 years old. So you're 16 years old. You're going to be 17 in June. Uh, the yep. reason why I'm bringing up your age, because I'm not trying to be an ageist from both uh, spectrums, is because you can't vote yet. That's sort of the point I'm trying to make. So you're making a film about politics and money, but you're not able to vote yet, right? Yeah, exactly. No, um, people who are 18 can vote. They have a voice in politics. But I feel like it's almost a little bit ageist to say only adults can have voices. I feel like every every person deserves a voice, and this is my way of, of sharing mine. You think they should change the... There was a West Wing episode. This is before your time. But there was actually a, a plot in the West Wing, the uh, political show back in the day, that had... That there was a, there was a, the kid wanted to, the thought there should be... Like, kids should be start voting when they're like 12, 13 years old. Do you agree with that? Oh, I, I watch West Wing all the time. Uh, I think it was like I season think... seven with Toby. Like the kids going after Toby about that. Yeah, I totally, I totally remember that. Yeah, um, I think it was. It's very. It's a very interesting point because, on one hand, uh, dem democracy I feel is more than just voting. Uh, voting is I feel like kind of the bare minimum of democracy, and I feel like some kids are very influenced. Uh, of course, that's true with everyone. Everyone's yeah. of course influenced, but um, I feel like. Even as a kid who doesn't have voting rights, it is possible for you to find your voice. And I guess, I don't know, teenagers who are um, fighting for voting rights uh, are showing their voice as well. So. so, but I guess the point is that, there's a good point, is that if you're old enough to drive, you should be old enough to vote, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, there is that way of coming at it. On the other hand, yeah, uh, voting is kind of the bare minimum. You can do so much more, like what I'm doing, almost uh, protesting, trying, almost trying to get votes without voting myself, right? So, you know, there's one party in particular um, that wouldn't want the, this this to occur for the age limit to go down to 16, for example. So we can we can figure out who what party that is, but they would they do not want that to happen. Let's put it that way. Yes. Right? Yeah. I think we both know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so tell me about, uh, tell me about Money Talks, The Limits of Financial Influence and Politics. So is, it, is this your first film? No, it's, uh, I've been making documentaries for years. Uh, for years. This, You're 16 years old. Okay. For years. Yeah. Yeah. It actually started as a school project, but I, I found out like, I really love doing it. It's such a unique way of communicating. Film is such a unique way of communicating. And it just, it really just stuck with me over years. And here I am making this film. Okay, so tell me what intrigued you about, about money and politics? The, the quote in the beginning of your film, there's two things that are important in politics. The first is money. And the second, I don't really, I can't remember what it is. I'm, I'm paraphrasing Mark Hanna, I guess. But basically, that's how you started your film. Yeah, I, I mean, as soon as I got down this rabbit hole, first of all, one thing to know about me, I love researching topics. Like I just love getting lost in all the little facets of a, a project. And as I was researching, going further and further down this rabbit hole, I started to be more and more intrigued by this idea that it's not the people 
who are generating the votes. It's the money. And it's all it's been all about money ever since the beginning. And I thought this was just a story that I needed to share with people. So this is like it's about money's changed a lot too, right? Because they they mm-hmm. they basically before you would you oh, people can only, especially corporations can only donate a certain amount of money. And then there's a limit, but now there's no limit. Anybody can can if you want to donate a billion dollars, you can donate a billion dollars, right? Oh yeah, it's it's okay. totally possible. It's totally possible to do that. Just go ahead and spend a billion dollars, and you know where that goes, right? It goes straight into like the mailers that are coming at you. It's um the mailers that are coming at you, advertisements. That's how they get voters' attention, right? And I mean, in many ways it goes back further than just the past few decades. Uh, it goes back all the way to the beginning. The founding fathers were a country. They were not some poor peasant farmers who they claimed to be representing. Our voice has really never been represented. These these were multi-million uh, dollar people. They, they were far from the people who they said they were supporting. And it's just a system that, I don't know, we, we never really fixed or any uh, fixes that we did have have been overruled by some uh, new development in I the the history of you know campaign finance. Yeah, campaign finance. It's because yeah, you're talking about the founding fathers who who uh, watch the movie, watch watch the play Hamilton. You can learn a lot about the American. <laughs> but yeah. but basically, oh yeah, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, Hamilton. but you know, like these are these are well educated people in the 1700s uh, from from good families. You know, like let's let's argue for argument's sake because obviously a lot of bad things happen. But in the time that they were in, let's pretend that they were they were trying to do the right thing, like for argument's sake. And yeah, but they were, but at the same time, they were they were very educated people. So that, as you said, like the people that who they wanted to vote were not. They didn't know. Most of them didn't know to read, right? Most of them obviously didn't know to write. Most of them basically were not these people that they were representing. I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's a completely different time because back then we didn't have technology like we do now. A lot of the people back then had no idea who was even on the ballot until they voted. Nowadays, we know that. And how do we know that? We know that from advertisements that we see on TV or on YouTube. We see that from mailers that we're getting. We uh, see that from big rallies they held. I mean, this is where the money is going. Uh, to get your name out there, to get your message out there. Something that the founding fathers couldn't even have dreamed of back then. But at the same time, things evolve, right? Like they, they evolve from the, the, the printing press to, to radio, right. To television, you know, like, like basically the, like Kennedy won the arguments that he won the presidency over Nixon because of television. Um, Eisenhower, Right, uh, FDR won because of radio. In the new age, totally. Obama won because of the internet. Beginning, they didn't. Nobody else would know what was going on except for Obama. Right? He he sweeps in. Exactly. He, he figures out the internet and basically, so things evolve, I guess, through time, and that money oh. goes in different places, I guess. Right? It's really interesting you brought that up because one of my uh, last documentaries was uh, the history of the Associated Press and how that really generated the first fact-based news because for a long time news and the way it was spread was completely non-factually based it was opinion writing the invention of the printing press and really 
it was not until very long ago that we had any resemblance of objectivity in the press at all. And even now, uh, as we get more and more widespread, we have even more people who are just, you know, being blatantly unobjective in their writing, something, you know, a journalist really should never be doing. Yeah, exactly. So so tell me, OK, so um, one last point, I want to get to the making of your film. You have the you have the like obviously through inflation, but you have the numbers of like what the some of the founding fathers were worth. So you have George Washington in today's dollars was worth five hundred seventy seven million dollars, correct? Yeah, it's Where kind did of you get that information. Uh, I forget at this point. Uh, I have a, but that's a fact, a I guess, right? But I just wouldn't know that's yeah. a fact. That's that's not disputed. He was he was a multimillionaire. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. He was one of the richest presidents. Yeah. In history, right? Yeah. <laughs> not the other guy, not the guy before us who claims he was. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> oh, he, pro he probably was wealthier the president before us. But I think him, George Washington and Andrew. Uh, Jackson. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Andrew Jackson were probably the three wealthiest presidents by far yeah and that that almost follows like the dip in campaign finance laws because around the turn of the 20th century uh there were a lot of campaign elections taking place through you know the progressive party theodore roosevelt half those those guys were really trying to represent the people trying to bring campaign finance into place it's actually very interesting theodore roosevelt became the president not through a vote he was one of the few politicians who rose to power that were backed by almost the fewest the 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 smallest amount of money possible and he was really the proponent of the people because of that yeah and that's how he got on Mount Rushmore I guess right so <laughs> exactly you got to do something really great to end up on Mount Rushmore. Well, he just said he was he was he was a character too, right? Like he he was full of he was full of bravado, right? He was a man's man, I guess, right? Oh yeah, 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 really. <laughs> so okay, so let's talk about the making of your film. So you basically there's basically it's like a lot of stock footage, a lot of footage that you found, kind of piecing the narrative together. So the first step, I'm assuming, is that you write a script, I guess, right? You write the script, I guess, right? Yeah. Yes. So tell me about that uh, process. You obviously a lot of research involved. Like what's, how is the process of writing the script? Again, I love just diving into a topic and getting really into it. So script writing and actually choosing a topic and script writing are by far the, the longest steps of the process. Cause I feel like in order to really communicate a topic, you have to understand it extremely well. So sometimes I'll find a topic, I'll decide on a topic and I'll wait for months even maybe a year or so before I even write a single word on the topic. Now, once I start the word, of course, the script goes through so much. But what, what I try to do is communicate as precisely as possible, because I, I only have uh, so much time. I, I only have so much of the audience's attention. I try to be as economical with my storytelling as possible in my script. Gotcha. So you wrote, so for this one, you wrote the script. And then, so what's the next step for you? You're like, I got to find footage for all these kind of materials. And then I'm going to, are you just going to find as much footage as you possibly can and then like overextend yourself and then figure it out in editing? Like what's the process for you? 
Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I must have found thousands of images that have some resemblance to this topic. Um, I mean, just combing through hours and hours trying to find as many images as possible, and then somehow coming that all down to a, a ten minute cohesive story. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I really try to tell an Im uh, a story not just through my script but also through my images, so that someone who's not even listening to the script might have some semblance of what I'm trying to say. I mean, there are a lot of very specific images that um, that that really tell a very specific thing that, I mean, very, very unique images that you can really only use once in your script that um, carry a very specific message. Like going back to Theodore Roosevelt, there is actually an image of him uh, performing his speech about how we couldn't uh we couldn't have broad spending on campaign elections and i think you can actually see a, a picture of him you know like shouting at the crowd like this can't be happening anymore yeah. so. so then you then you also interviewed mark pinsley right the, he was a state senator yes. uh he was running for state senate yes um yeah, I, I interviewed him. He had a lot of great points. Actually, he, at the time of interviewing him, he was the Lehigh County Controller. And the Lehigh, like, Lehigh County Controller deals with a lot and has a lot of information. And being part of the political process, he was able to share so much insight. He was an amazing uh, interviewee. And, oh my gosh, I wish I could just share the interview with, uh, I can wish I could share the whole interview in my documentary, but Unfortunately, I could only use a couple clips. He says so much information. He has so much information about the topic. It was amazing. So where did you find, how did you find him? What's the process of you getting, grabbing him to do the interview? So uh, I know he was very active in politics in my region. And I actually know his son, uh, who is actually in my, in my uh, grade at my school. So that's, that's kind of how I made the connection. Yeah. So you have all these, uh, these animated kind of like, uh, drawings from the past really kind of cool yeah. drawings of like you know an altered version of american history or american history <laughs> so where did you yeah, find all these cartoons. uh where did you find all these animation uh, all these like cartoon clips of they're all kind of cool yeah so political cartoons tell a lot um especially what journalists were thinking back then journalists who were both very well educated in what they were writing about well you know hopefully and uh who also wanted to represent the people as well and not not just represent the people but also communicate to the people so in many ways uh these political cartoons were like the first um they're, they're the first version of what i'm trying to uh, communicate in this uh documentary they're they're really trying to communicate the, the whole story of uh, campaign funding and how how bad that was, right? Gotcha. No, there, it's a really it's a really good. So, where did you find all these drawings? Oh, just online. You can find a whole lot. There are a lot in the Ar uh, National Archive as well. Uh, you can really find them anywhere. Newspaper archives. I don't know. There. Of course, there are famous cartoonists that everyone knows, like Thomas Nast, that you can just go through archives of Thomas Nast. 
cartoons and find them. I guess like a lot of things are public domain, I guess, now too, right? Yeah, a lot of a lot of public domain works, yeah. So that's really so that's basically how you make a documentary film, right? Like it's sort of really cool. Like you're it's all about the script, it's all about the spine and the and the thematic, but you it's like you can find the footage if you need to find it, I guess, now, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh I mean the visuals uh almost they describe themselves like a lot of documentary what what i'm doing is applying writing to images that were already taken and the images themselves were already meant to tell a story in 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 many cases so accentuated by the script i think you can tell a really uh very uh, compelling story and i think that's that's just the beauty of journalism there that I and mean, that's just the breed of film and journalism and documentary all built into one. So, are you? Is this going to be your career then? Are you going to make documentary film? Yeah, I, I'm actually. I'm a junior in high school, so I'm uh, currently in the middle of a college search, and I am thinking. Oh, this is the time, make... right? This is the time where you decide. Yeah. Where do you? Where are you going to go? Uh, I still, I still have the luckily, uh, so I don't have to make that decision now. That would be that's stressful. But I am thinking of majoring in film or journalism. And you don't know? Do you know where you want to go though? Or oh no, not not yet. Uh, I have been searching around, but I still have I still have like a year before I have to decide any of that. Luckily, well, no, I'm not. Really, you have less than a year, but it's like we're doing this January yeah. in your junior season, so you got this time next year. You better know, right? So yeah, I better know this time. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, like, are you going to, like, New York, Los Angeles, like, Chicago? No idea. Uh, <laughs> uh, anywhere my search takes me. <laughs> anywhere you can get, I guess. So, so this is what, but this is what you want to do for a living. This is what, this is your passion. Yes, this is really one of my, this is really a passion for me. Yeah. Well, well you're ahead of your, ahead of the curve. That's for sure. Most 16 year olds are not, don't have the body of work that you do. So this these should get you getting you some in some good schools these 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 works thank you thank you well i'm keeping my fingers crossed here <laughs> so what did you think about the uh, our audience what did you think about the audience feedback video that we sent you oh that was amazing yeah just watching all these people say uh i mean this was really they, they really communicated to me what my work was trying to say and they they really gave me so much positive feedback that my film was actually you know impacting people themselves i mean that's that's really the point of, of filmmaking is to to impact your audience and i think i, I think it's just a, an amazing idea to have an audience react because it gives the filmmaker such positive feedback that their work is actually doing good it's actually getting out there yeah 100 percent. yeah so like yeah it was it's a, it's, a, it's a cool little film because it's about like it's it's giving it it's it's kind of like a cold notes version of of american history through money i guess yeah if you yeah do, i feel like a lot of i mean people... like it's like a kind of like a you know it's just it's like if you if you want to know what it is like in 10 minutes watch this film yeah i i'm i mean i'm I'm hoping this gets out and inspires people right that's 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 the point. and i mean it's it's especially cool hearing a bunch of different people from all different kinds of perspectives talking about the same topic because this is this is really a, a topic that um, a lot of people have so many different perspectives about and they have different backgrounds and they can say a lot of different things 
about their own experiences with this topic as well. Well, what, what do you want people so to come? People. How do you want, what do you want people to learn from your film? Uh, I mean, I, I want people to learn all about, you know, where this problem originated from, how this problem affects us now, and what we have to do in order to solve it. Gotcha. Well, congratulations. Let's, why don't we talk again when you make your next film? Because I have a feeling you're going to be making a few more. And uh, yeah. And like, I'm sure it'll be different topics and different things, but I'm, I'm sure you're on your way. So congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. One, two, three, four, five, six.